Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. In season two of Too Much Talk, we'll be speaking to those candidates vying to be the MP for Monga Keke, as well as some local friends and commentators. This election is set to be one of the closest ever, and who you choose to represent us locally can have a big impact on what happens to our part of Aotearoa New Zealand. So listen in and make your vote count. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Sapna Samant, a GP, a filmmaker, a writer, an activist and a self-proclaimed stirrer. Sapna is the Green Party's Monga Keke candidate and chats about her journey to New Zealand, her aspirations for the country, and her love of shopping. Sapna, kia ora. Welcome along to the podcast and thank you so much for being here. Kia ora, namaste. Thank you for having me. It's really uh, great to talk to you, and I thought um, it, it would be nice, uh, given you're relatively new onto the political scene, um, I'm not sure that all of our listeners uh, will necessarily know you, or they may know you from other areas, but I wonder if you could give us a little bit of a, um, an overview of yourself. Sure. So I am originally from India, was born in Mumbai, and I arrived in Aotearoa 1st of December 2001. So I've been here, I think. 23, 22 years this year in December. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I used to practice as a GP back in India, but when I came here, I decided I didn't want to go through all the requalification stuff. So, um, and I love movies. Um, I love to write. There was a few, there were a few things in my life I had not explored. So, you know, starting on a clean slate, I went to Auckland University, did a master's in film, television, media studies, um did one of the last papers in short screenwriting um, that they were offering. Mm. And then I worked for uh, freelance for Radio New Zealand for a really long time. 2002, I did some stuff, went on until 2009, pretty much. Um, yeah, but and meanwhile, I did a whole bunch of other things, you know, volunteering um, for ethnic communities, refugees, um, the stuff that I really like to do. And I was encouraged to go back to medicine because um, wow. I was told that I had very high intercultural communication skills. And honestly, yeah. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I, you know, I'm multilingual. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm multilingual. Uh, and I, I can, well, a few, you know, smatterings of a few other languages. So um, I decided to give it a shot. It's It's been in the news lately about immigrant doctors and how tough the pathway is. Mm. So mm. I didn't have any money at that time because it's expensive. Um, you know, artists are poor, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> um, so I borrowed some from my sister and my mom gave me some. Friends bought me books to study. Uh, and yeah, and I, you know, I cleared all the exams in the first uh, shot. Um, Amazing. It was a fight fighting with the medical council and getting myself on the pathway to actually work. Mm. Um, yeah. And so here I am. So, yes, I've done multiple things. It's been great. 
That's amazing. And as I was, um, you know, reading your bio and things ahead of ahead of this, I was really fascinated with how many sort of things you do juggle. You know, you're as you said, you're a GP, you're a filmmaker, you're a writer, you're a mum, and you're an aspiring member of parliament. Um, can you share what your secrets are for finding time <laughs> for all of this? Oh, okay. Time management. Very good time management. I'm very strict with myself. Um, and I think I, you know, when I came here and I, I started working in the creative art sector, um, it, it's very easy to slide. It's very easy if you don't have to go to a nine to five job, if you don't have to um, be at a specific place at a specific time and you're working from home, it's very easy to slide into just not doing things. And so I was, I've always been very strict with myself and scheduling my day. And then as a doctor, of course, you have to. Um, and that, that yeah. helps me. And, oh, you know, um, I'm fostering, permanently fostering a child. Um, mm. When he came into my life, um, my mom also moved in with me because my dad died in 2016 and she was by herself, but she had a New Zealand permanent residence from a long time ago. So she right. moved in with me. So, you know, having your eight-year-old mom with you um, is a blessing. Yeah, yeah, it changes, <laughs> changes up your lifestyle a little yes, bit. Yes, <laughs> yes. You still have to yeah. be. I'm still very, very strict with myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing that you haven't touched on, but I was interested in your bio, um, and I think it's on the Greens website, but it's also on your LinkedIn, that you describe yourself as a GP, a filmmaker, a writer, and a stirrer. And I had to ask, oh, what, yes. do you, what, what, does that, what does that what does that little bit there mean? I don't know. I, I suppose you can use common words like shit on radio now because I've heard it on RNZ. <laughs> oh, anything goes on this podcast. All yeah. right. <laughs> I just have to be careful still. Um, <laughs> yes, so I, I'm an activist in the Indian community. So a lot of my work is around a, the Hindu, Hindu fascist ideology against the Hindu fascist ideology, which is, you know, a project that started in India in 1925. Mm. Um, but it's sort of, you know, taken hold over a long period of time. And then when Narendra Modi, well, even before that, when I moved to New Zealand and I discovered that the Hindu Council of New Zealand, which is um, the Vishwa Hindu Parishad, you know, a religious militant organization, um, is situated, has a branch over here in New Zealand, in Aotearoa, I was, I was shocked and dismayed. Mm. And, you know, I, I sort of stood up to them. At that time, I was by myself and I had to highlight these things. And, you know, I got dismissed and I got, you know, threatened and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but it's just really important because I had firsthand experience what what had been going down in India just before I moved. Um, there was the demolition of the Babri Masjid on 6th of December, 1992, which was um, a very, you know, a black day in the history of India. Uh, and there were 13 bomb blasts in India on, um, oh, I forget, in March, 1993, 12th of mm. March, I think, yeah, uh, which is, you know, uh, uh, the one of the biggest terrorist attacks before 9-11. Um, yeah. So I had experienced all of this firsthand. You know, I had a cousin who was, you know, who had, who escaped death just by being in another part of the same room and glass shards going into wow. his, you know, arm. Mm. Uh, and my sister was stuck in a, um, in the, in the place where she worked and they had a bomb blast in the same place, but she was just on a different floor in a different part. 
So these are, you know, first-hand experiences, lived experiences. So when I discovered they were here, I was very dismayed and very angry and saddened at the same time because we shouldn't be bringing our, you know, extremist ideology to New Zealand, to Aotearoa. And first of all, we're living on a stolen land, you know, on stolen land over here. So how do we bring our colonial um, thinking and, and impose it over here. So um, that's mm. the activism I primarily do in Aotearoa is to is to highlight this. Uh, it's and now I have you know a bunch of activists who also have um, yeah we are a collective mm. so we do all of this stuff you know highlight this issue and yeah. that is the reason why I um, I was encouraged to to um, put my hat in the ring. <laughs> Of yeah, well, that's exactly of, it. I was, yeah. I was going to ask you. It sounds like there's probably some some threads there that are that are consistent. Yes. But 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 could you tell us a little bit about um, what it was that motivated you to enter politics specifically for the uh, the Green Party? So I have when I moved to New Zealand and I um, you know I was eligible to vote, to vote straight away because fortunately for me I had I came here with a permanent residence at that time, mm. uh, and uh, which is again quite rare because you know there's lots of migrant stories who come in people who come in with difficult visas and have to struggle for a long time so i was quite lucky that way so i was able eligible to vote um and i remember um you know voting helen clark was the prime minister that time and i remember voting labor because everybody around me was doing that but didn't really have the capacity to ask questions at that time because i was still learning and over the next, you know, by the by the next election cycle, I sort of realized that actually that's not for me. Mm. And here are these new people called the Green Party of Aotearoa. You know, I think um, Rod Donald and Jeanette Fitzsimon were leading yeah, at that the early time. Days. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So um, I just found their the way they spoke and what they were saying just really interesting and. It touched me in different ways. You know, these, these are things that I I had thought of but never articulated because coming from India, these these are not, at that time, were not, you know, commonly talked about things. They were not talked about in my um, social circle over here, you know, my limited mm-hmm. social circle that time. Um, and so I started, you know, voting Greek <laughs> since then. That's maybe, a, a, you know, a really long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah, and I eventually, but you know, you have your migrant struggles and you know, working, requalifying, and then so you 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 don't really think of becoming a party member, or these are not things that are are come naturally to us. So if you're coming from, um, I mean, India is a democracy. Well, it's eroding now. You know, the idea of democracy, but. When I came and, you know, we're really proud to be coming from a a huge democracy. But all these things like, you know, becoming a member of a political party or um, actually participating in in party activities without having to um, be a candidate uh, and just understanding these things going on, just really new to us. but over a period of time, I realized I could become a Green Party member and I could, you know, uh, participate 
in mm. decisions or understand the internal democracy of a party. And that's what I did in, in 2017. I became a party member. But then I got my son. So, you know, um, when he came into my life, I decided I couldn't renew my membership anymore because I was I just didn't have the capacity. A few um, too many things to juggle. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but then last year I was when my um, Indian activists encouraged me to put my hat in the ring. I, I knew that you would have to become a party member again. And mm. that's what I did. And then I put my hat in the ring. And so here I am. Amazing! Oh, thanks for yeah sharing that 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 journey. That's um that's fascinating. And um another thing I wanted to you can tell I did a bit of research before this this um conversation. But while I was researching for this, um I came across a really interesting New Zealand Herald article from two thousand and ten. I'm not sure if you'll remember which one I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I um, do. But it, but but I guess you you came to New Zealand and was it two thousand and one? You said. Yes, December yeah. two thousand. So this is sort of you'd December. been just to set the scene. You'd been in New Zealand for about nine years, and um, you were interviewed as part of a series that the Herald was doing um, on views of Auckland as it prepared to merge into the super city that it has become today. Yes. Um, and I thought a really interesting quote that you said um, in that article was. Uh, you said, every time I return to Auckland from a trip overseas, I feel irritated. The public transport sucks. There aren't enough cultural activities. The shopping is even worse. And I wondered, 13 years on, uh, have your thoughts changed at all on that? I tell you what, I lived in Wellington for six years. <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts have changed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, well, you might, not- you, might, um, be, you, might, you might be spending a lot more time in Wellington. Who knows? <laughs> Well, it was, I think for me, when I went to Wellington, uh, it was, uh, uh, I had lived in Auckland for 11 years by that time. And, you know, I had a huge social circle then. And I think for me at that time when I wanted to, um, I love public transport and, you know, you're forced to buy a car and you have to do all of these things as a migrant. Mm. I didn't even know how to drive when I came to to New Zealand because (laughs) in Mumbai, you didn't need to. You could just take a bus yeah. or call a taxi, right? It, it's yeah. you. Yeah. You didn't have to do all of these things. So I, there, there were a lot of new things that I learned, and you know, it's not easy, as you know, to to own a car. It's expensive. Mm. Um, I'd rather just hop into the bus and go somewhere and not have to worry about parking and petrol and things like that. And and shopping, yeah. yes, the, the and Indian I think shops, I mean I guess yeah. it's interesting to put it into context back when when those when you know back in two thousand and ten because I think things you know public transport while we're certainly not uh, anywhere near where a lot of people would want us to be um, I think things have improved vastly since yes. two thousand and ten oh um, definitely absolutely and mm-hmm. uh, two thousand and thirteen I moved to Wellington um, because I got a job there as a GP and right. I loved my job you know I. I, I could I could go there at the drop of a hat just to work mm. at that same place, mm. um, but Wellington itself as as a place was really difficult for me. Um, I lived in Karori for a bit and I I couldn't fathom first of all in Wellington I couldn't fathom the hills and the narrow streets and all of that and the yeah. wind I I I have wind trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. Auckland's probably just as bad at the moment. Yes, yes. But, you know, I mean, I, and I shouldn't, I should not dismiss Wellington at all because I did have, you know, I made friends and uh, it does, it for a little city, it's, it can be quite 
uh, it can be quite nice. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just at that time when I was, you know, trying to, you know, do full-time medicine work, medical work, and mm. also not finding time for my social activities mm. or to, to hang out and all of these things. I think that sort of stays with you. And, and then definitely there was a shopping because what I would find here... <laughs> <laughs> it's better now. You know, they had the first H&M there. Um, I lived in Petoni. So, you know, I mean, I'm talking like a, you know, consumer capitalist, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't, this isn't green parties at all. Green parties no. at all. Um, <laughs> to, to, um, so let's, let's fast forward 13 years. Uh, you're now yeah. running to be um, uh, in the Green Party and the local MP for Mongakeke. And I was um, interested to know, what is your connection to the area? Yeah, okay, so I lived, uh, when I moved to um, um, Auckland, I lived in uh, in Epsom for a little while mm. because my I worked at Royal Oak and, oh, you know, it was mm. it was easy. And, and of course, you know, um, Onihanga is the next suburb, so we used to come down there a lot. Of mm. course, dress smart, but, you know, just the Indian shops there, the just the, the little street there and... That's, I mean, that's one reason. And, you know, I, I love One Tree Hill. Sorry, Maunga Keke, not One Tree Hill. <laughs> All the, you know, the little um, Ellerslie, the, the village is is fascinating. Uh, and the, the train station is right there. So, you know, the urban things that I really like, they're all there in Maunga mm. Keke. Uh, that's number one. And number two, um, because Chloe had stood there as a candidate in her first outing. Yeah. And then there was mm. Ricardo. Uh, and so I thought, oh, well, I'll just follow their footsteps, you know. <laughs> Both quite prominent um, MPs. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And so when you think of um, Maunga Keke, what, what do you think are the defining issues for this election? What are the sort of things that you're you're hearing about on the street that people are concerned about? Okay, so one of the first things that uh, when, you know, we are now phone calling which is one of our primary things. And while we're phone calling, there's two things that come across, we come across is is um, cost of living. And then at some point we come across increase in crime. Um, so I have, you know, answers for that. But my other observation, you know, having visited Mama Keke and driven through so many times is the increasing um, gentrification that is happening. You know, the... Um, the newer construction that's coming up, it's, it's good. It's that we have, you know, um, intense, intense uh, housing, intensive housing, as it's called. It's, it's important because we're giving people, you know, options. Mm. Um, but that's changing the nature of, of that suburb, isn't it? It's, 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 a, um, it's a suburb with a history. It's an, it's an old suburb. Uh, you know, the electorate itself was made up of, three, four different suburbs, uh, all of that. So um, I think I, I, I as uh, somebody who's standing as, an, as a candidate for that electorate, I have to be mindful of how there will all be all these disparities, um, which are the primary thing, you know, there's, there's housing that a lot of people do not enjoy, mm. uh, you know, older people, but as an older people, as people who've lived there for a long time, I'm trying not to be ageist here, 
that's that's one thing that comes to mind. But the two other things that people tell us when we're talking to them uh, or when we were door knocking as well mm. was cost of living and um, increase in crime or the two most, which is which is generic. It's not really specific to the suburb. Yeah, uh, and we didn't even get down to talking about public transport. You know, mm. um, interesting. Although yeah. there's good bus connections and a train station. Two train yeah, stations, it, yeah. It's a reasonably well-connected part of what Yes, yes, um, yes. You know, on this podcast, we're talking mostly about local issues, but given you are standing you know, for the Green Party, what are, could you point to maybe one or two of the Green policies that you think um, will help to address sort of the needs and issues that you've already outlined? Okay, the cost of living, of course, we have um, our, you know, fair tax policy that we have which we that the greens released a couple of months ago Mm. um which is to tax the wealthy you know the 311 families um and 95 percent of new zealanders will get at least 385 dollars a week in their pockets to they can choose to spend it any which way they want Mm. uh which is really important because that's going to help with cost of living. You know, you have you have extra food on the table. You can actually feed your kids. You can pay your power bills. You can do so many other things. Um, you can go on a holiday, potentially. A uh, lot of us finding it harder and harder to go, you know, even go on a short break now. Um, mm. So that is the cost of living. Um, and, and secondly, the, you know, um, increase in crime. So... And I actually released a video on TikTok just yesterday talking oh, I about seen this. that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yesterday. I think it's really important to address this issue, not only because it came up as um, a concern for Asian voters uh, when RNZ did a story about Asian voters and, you know, what they're concerned about for this election, but this general mm. myth that if you're tough on crime, then reoffending people don't reoffend, um, and there's enough evidence around that actually doesn't work. Um, and the Green Party policy is actually to keep Rangatahi, our young people, out of the justice system. That'll happen by having um, Fano and community-led programs that offer intensive wraparound support for mm. our our people. Um, mm. And of course, we have to address inequity, housing, you know, uh, family violence, yeah. uh, intergenerational trauma, um, hoki whenua mai, you know, land back mm. is really mm. important uh, for people to, I think once we empower people, they start making those decisions that benefit their communities. Um, and this is this is what I talk to people as well when I've been door knocking or when I'm on the phone talking to people that these are these are how we address these issues. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Great. Thanks for thanks for um, outlining that. Um, now, for this next part of the, the podcast, I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. So just just some sure. short answers just to give people a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Um, the first right. one is um, who? who who is a political figure uh, from a party outside of the Greens that you look up to? You mean locally? Yeah, in New Zealand. Okay, I, I would say that um, Jacinda Ardern did a lot of good work during the pandemic, and you know, and she's she she brought a lot of sincerity to her work. 
which I admire a lot. I mean, we could argue mm. our ideology and all of these things, but the genuineness that she brought to her work, really wanting to do things is, is very admirable. Yeah, okay. And um, stepping sort of outside of politics for a little bit, if you had to recommend a TV series to a friend or a movie, I'm going to allow you to, to, to suggest a movie either, which one would you suggest? Oh, gosh. Uh, get out to Ahsoka. Uh, <laughs> the Star Wars <laughs> stuff. Now, um, what I, I, um, I watched a, uh, a movie uh, called Made in Heaven. Not a movie, sorry, a TV series. Let me talk about a TV series. I watched mm. a, an Indian TV series called Made in Heaven, um, which, is a, which is on Amazon Prime um, that is about set in New Delhi. And it's about two people who run an, uh, a wedding. What is it called? A, a wedding. They're wedding planners. Right, right. Uh, and the first season is really amazing. Um, the second season is also very important. I mean, it's caused a lot of controversy in India because of, you know, of intellectual property and, you know, um, taking things from a caste oppressed uh, writer mm. and, you know, using her story. But I, I still think that it's um, it's worth watching because the characters are complex and they don't redeem themselves at the in the end, not for the audience. Right. They right. redeem themselves in their eyes, but not for the for the audience, the the you know the protagonists. And I think that's really great storytelling. Is that we are all mm. complex and we should not be you know good, bad, evil. All of these things are a spectrum. Yeah. yeah, great. Okay, I'll look out for it. It's always good to get a, um, a suggestion that you haven't heard of uh, before. Um, okay, so for this next question, I want you to imagine you're inside a supermarket um, in the sort of in the chocolate confectionery aisle. Uh, you feel like something a little bit sweet just as a bit of a, a treat. What 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 thing are you going for? What are you going to grab and put into your trolley? Oh my gosh, Whitaker's artisan chocolates, of course. Oh, the artisan, the little the little bars. Yeah, the, you don't know. They have the big bars. Well, yeah, yeah, but sort of not as big as the sort of the big blocks, right? They're no, like but yes, right, but nothing like Whitaker's. If not, if not that, I would go for the um, the milk chocolate, but Whitaker's. Yeah, yeah, milk chocolate's hard to hard to go past. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, what's the most sort of unexpected or interesting skill or hobby that you have outside of politics? We might have already touched on these. I'm not sure, but. Oh gosh, no! Those I do for a living. I think uh, um, I like to cook. I like to cook. I mean, my mum doesn't let me into the kitchen that often, and so we. I have a designated day in, on which I cook, and of course, <laughs> she critiques my cooking because she's an Indian mum. But <laughs> I like <Yeah>. to cook. <laughs> what would you? What would you cook? What would be your um your go to? What would be my go to? Um, I would make um uh, dal. What we yep. call in Marathi, we call dal chamti. It's very specific. Mm. Rice and potato bhaji. Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and um, for someone someone listening, um, let's let's just imagine someone's listening to this. They're in the early stages of their career, and they they want to follow in your footsteps. What's one piece of advice that you would give them? Oh, stick to the truth. You know, be there will be really really tough moments, but there's nothing like integrity and truth. And if your values don't match, just walk out. Mm, great advice. Um, second to last question, what is your favorite thing about Onihanga and why do you love it? 
Well, I tell you what, I love the the Pacifica shops there. So um, I shouldn't be naming brands, but yeah, I love the I love the dress shops there, the Pacifica designer dress shops. Right, I was ninety percent sure you were going to say dress mart, so that you surprised <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and the the final question, um, you know, for heading into this um, heading into this election, your competition for this seat are candidates from the two big parties, from Labour and from National, and the Mongakeke electorate is a bit of a bellwether seat. It kind yeah. of swings back and forth between those two. You're obviously coming through, uh, wanting to get to, to to take hold of the seat off uh, either of those two candidates. Um, could you tell us? Uh, what is it that you offer? Why should people vote for you? Oh, I think um, I offer all the all the green philosophy uh, and the kaupapa that comes with, you know, the party kaupapa. But for myself, I'm really interested in people. I'm really, I mean, I have described myself as a misanthrope and I am, um, by nature, I am, um, you know, I'm, I don't really mix too much socially and, you know, mm. few intimate friends and an introvert but I still I'm really interested in people and try to help and give solutions give solutions to any problems uh, and I'm a very good listener that's what I offer yeah excellent yeah. Oh, it's always good to hear that people are in it for the right reasons um Sapna thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today it's been great to hear a little bit more about your background and why it is that you've decided to give politics a go I really enjoyed talking to you and all the very best for the campaign ahead thank you so much Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Much Talk. We are making these podcasts to help people be as informed as they can be ahead of the election. The success of this podcast relies on people like you helping us reach a wider audience. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please spread the word about us with your friends and neighbours or give us a review in your favourite podcast app. I'll be speaking with all of Maunga Keke's local candidates in the lead up to this year's election. So stay tuned for more conversations. Connect with me on social media if you'd like to get in touch or share your thoughts. I'm Tim underscore McCready on Twitter, Instagram, threads. And finally, a massive thanks to my producer, Josh Couch, the creative genius behind Onihanga FM and the person who made this podcast a reality. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to make your vote count on October 14th.